football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, welcome in and happy Thanksgiving, everybody, as we get underway with the final weekend of the regular season of college football. Rivalry weekend begins with the Egg Bowl, depending on when you're listening to us, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. We're going to talk more about that game coming up. And then Friday activity every which direction, including the Apple Cup game with Washington and Washington State. Some other intriguing games. American Conference Championship game preview could be coming with Memphis, my alma mater, hosting Cincinnati. Same two teams could play for the title the next week in Memphis as well. So this this is a bizarre situation where you essentially have a warm-up game going on between Memphis and Cincinnati. So a lot on the line as well on Saturday when we get to it. Ohio State and Michigan going to tee it up in Ann Arbor. We're going to talk a lot about that game on the podcast as well, including with our guests. Uh, I've got some thoughts on that one. I'm looking strongly at the Wolverines as an underdog for this weekend. But whether you're talking Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, Oregon, Oregon State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, lots of rivalries in college football. And then we have the NFL triple header on Thanksgiving Day. And again, depending on if you're listening to us on Turkey Day or after Turkey Day uh, for the rest of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on Three Dog Thursday, We'll see what happens with Lions-Bears. Could be a real snooze fest, although Chicago seemed seemed to wake up in their win over the lowly Giants last week. Uh, this is despite the injury to uh, Mitch Trubisky and the hip, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens with uh, the Bears and the Lions who, who are doing things without Matt Stafford and their season has basically gone down the drain in October and November because of poor play and his injury. Cowboys and Buffalo Bills are going to be a big topic here on the podcast, uh, including a couple of our handicappers that love the Bills. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the Cowboys may snap out of it here on Thanksgiving Day. We will go to Dallas-Fort Worth. My colleague, my brother from another mother in the podcast world, the famous Jay, Jay Betzel, will be here. He's based in Fort Worth, Texas. He has been at these Cowboy games on Thanksgiving over and over and over again in the 2000s. He will set the scene on what it's like to tailgate uh, in and around AT&T Stadium, the food that will be consumed, how much of it, and what's going on with the Cowboys and their coach, Jason Garrett. He'll give us kind of the latest on that, so I'm anxious to talk with Jay Betzel coming up. And Jay, obviously, uh, he and I, big movie fans. we got to talk a little movies. we got to talk a little planes, trains, and automobiles. It's also a big movie anniversary this week of another uh, movie, a Rocky movie that came out that Jay and I have already done another podcast on. We'll, We'll promote all of that. Uh, My handicappers are all over a couple of other games uh, in college and the NFL and why, uh, including a couple of NFL matchups, that Steelers-Browns rematch, what's going to happen with uh, Patriots and Texans, Vikings and Seahawks. 
all kinds of games to go over and to break down as part of Three Dog Thursday. So again, be safe wherever you're going. Enjoy all the food. We're going to get plenty to eat, plenty of leftovers. You're going to probably go fight a battle at some point on Black Friday at the stores. Maybe you'll stay away and just do online shopping all the way through Cyber Monday. That leads us to a new sponsor right here on Three Dog Thursday. They've been with me before, uh, really uh, doing local Tampa Bay radio and now doing national stuff, including podcasts, for going on almost 20 years it is smack apparel and smackapparel.com for the best in getting under your opponent's skin and especially rivalry weekend in college football college and nfl theme shirts for the football season whether you're an alabama fan whether you're an ohio state fan the same with texas or florida or florida state or oklahoma or Auburn, or LSU, on and on and on. They are in your face. Get under your opponent's skins, uh, skin. Hilarious shirts at smackapparel.com. And we've got a special offer that is going right now through the holidays, but it is active uh, for right now as part of this podcast, our own promo code. Go check out uh, Smack Apparel, and when you're ready to buy your shirts, use the promo code DOG, D-O-G. That DOG promo code will get you 20% off of your order, and you will save on shipping if you buy at least $40 worth of merchandise. Your items will ship for free anywhere domestically here in the United States and probably North America as well with their shipping deal. Uh, check into it. Uh, $40 or more, it ships for free. Smack apparel to see the shirts. They've even got the Washington Nationals uh, World Series Championship shirts, the Bryceless shirts. No Bryce Harper because he chose to take a walk and take the money with the Phillies. And then the Nationals win the World Series the first year without him. It is Bryceless uh, for them. Uh, the Patriots Dynasty shirts uh, that are there. They've even got a little bit of NBA uh, that's there, a little National Hockey League, but primarily college football and NFL theme shirts including for the toddlers the infants you don't know what to get for a gift if they are fans of a team from Buffalo to the LA Rams from the Seattle Seahawks all the way to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers everywhere in between Cowboys Patriots Packers if you want to go after your rival it is smack apparel college football NFL theme shirts 20% off with our promo code dog go check out their website smackapparel.com Shop around for a few minutes, save with the promo code, and again, $40 or more, the order ships for free. One important thing, this offer on the promo code can't combine with any other offer that they have, just so you know that. One offer, offer for 20% off, use our promo code DOG. Uh, Go find all of that at Smack Apparel and SmackApparel.com. All right, with that out of the way, time to get to the underdogs here on Thanksgiving. Again, enjoy the family, enjoy the food, lots of football talk. Uh, Coming up here with our special guest, let's get to it. Yes, here he is. We are looking forward to everything with Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend. And I always love the Winning Cures Everything podcast, guys. Love the insight of Chris Giannini and Gary Seegers. And they're always great to come on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Here we go with Thanksgiving, as as I already alluded to to begin the podcast uh, if you have a shortage of food or football, that's on you, uh, you, the listening public. It's not going to be on Chris or going to be on me. How are you feeling as we get ready to roll with the Thanksgiving holiday? Very excited. I love Thanksgiving. Um, and any any holiday that's built around sitting around watching football and eating obscene amounts of food is uh, is just all right with me. 
Love love that. And we get all the traditional uh, NFL games, uh, a couple college games, and then, boy, Friday is just a barrage of, uh, of exciting football leading into Saturday and the nitty-gritty. Okay, so at the time that we're doing the interview, Chris, uh, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee has their latest rankings reveal their fourth one of the year. They have slid. Oh, looky here. Just in time for Ohio State-Michigan, they have slid the Buckeyes into the number one spot. I came on to you guys' show, Winning Cures, with my opinions. For our audience here, give me your opinion on them doing that and why they did it. Well, I don't know why they did it outside of the fact that these people are just up. I, 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 now, I take this as a personal offense, being the LSU guy. <laughs> I don't know what LSU should be doing right now to not be the number one team in the country if you look at their resume. But Alabama is a better win than anybody Ohio State has played and will play the entire season. Okay, I think everybody agrees with that. You got Tua, and we were at Alabama. I don't know what else we're supposed to do. I think Florida, Auburn are better wins than almost anybody that Ohio State has played. I'm not sure how you're supposed to look at the resume and see LSU doesn't belong number one, but I do know that you don't want Clemson first. You you want the whatever the fourth team that gets in first, and uh, and it looks like they're trying to pave a way for Ohio State to have an easier path than uh, than anyone else. So. Well, but, but uh, as we talked about on your show, it, it stokes the interest, right? And there's nothing that says that even if Ohio State wins this game with Michigan, that they won't somehow next weekend, if LSU beats a top four Georgia, if all things are equal and Georgia's in the top four, that they won't leap LSU back in front of Ohio State, right? I mean, that's part of this. No, that could be it. And Gary's a believer that they did this because if if chalk holds for everybody and Bama ends up the fourth team, they don't want a rematch between LSU and Bama in round one, right. which if I was the committee, I would actually want that rematch. That way you're guaranteed to not have an all SEC national championship game. I would rather have a guarantee that Clemson or Ohio state are playing the national title game. I think that's far more intriguing than the chance that we get an all sec national title game and they do manipulate this they have as a it's a subjective process and they they've moved teams out of the four spot to the three spot or out of the three spot all the way out of the top five late in the late in the process uh let's see as as we still have two weekends uh with the one loss teams etc so uh, i know we're going to get into the underdogs here in a second you have already told me you're not taking michigan in the noon game on Saturday. I am strongly looking at the Wolverines for that matchup. Uh, give me give me a thought here from you uh, about this because I, I'm interested here in uh, your take about what kind of puncher's chance you give the Wolverines who have not tasted victory in the series in eight years here to maybe mess this up right away for Ohio State. Okay, all right. Now, so so it's a little different. On your show, we do three dogs. That's correct. I got correct. three of them, and I love them. Michigan wasn't one of them. On our show, I've got eight picks this week. Michigan is absolutely one of them, and I actually have Michigan money line. Um, I think Michigan's going to win this football game. I think the weather's going to be bad. I think the weather's going to be nasty, and I think that plays into Michigan's hands. Uh, Fields is not 100%. 
Um, and I think the Michigan defense is the best defense Ohio State has played. If people are continuing to think about Michigan from the first four weeks of the season where they barely beat Army and they struggled with Wisconsin, then you haven't been paying attention to the second half of football. And I always like to take college football, and I split the season into two six-game seasons. Some teams will play the entire 12-game stretch and look great, and those teams are always ranked in the top, and they deserve that. There are other teams that will start the season off slow and then finish crazy strong. I think Michigan, right now, if I had to rank the teams based on who I think would win or be favored in a specific game, I think Michigan is the fifth team or the fourth best team in the country. I would have them favored over Georgia in a neutral site game and over Alabama without Tua currently right now. I think they're that good of a football team. They get at the big house. Harbaugh needs this game. He needs it so badly. And the other thing is, is the weather is going to be nasty. Yep. That helps Michigan. I, I think this game's going to be played in the mud. They know how to play in the mud. They beat the tar out of uh, Notre Dame in the in the mud. Right, bad weather. Right, right. At all. Right. Well, and so you bring up an interesting point about who's playing good football at the end of the year, even if you have a couple of losses or not. And I know there's a there's a wrist injury involving Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio State, and maybe it is their time for Michigan. And I, I even have touched on here with uh, with others that th- this is the kind of game that Harbaugh has to have. It's a it's a defining game for their season, especially with Ohio State unbeaten and number one and a chance to mess it up. So let's see. Let's see what they have uh, in store for Ohio State in that one. All right, so now that I put it out there that you're not taking that one on Saturday, where do you want to begin, Chris Giannini, with underdogs for Three Dog Thursday purposes, with the understanding that this man uh, and, and Gary Seegers have been coming up with underdog after underdog on this show. So I'm curious, which one do you like first as part of Thanksgiving weekend? Well, going to Thanksgiving Day, the Egg Bowl This is in my home state. My brother went to to the University of, uh, well, I guess Memphis, uh, Mississippi State, and then then I went to the University of Mississippi. Not that I'm an old, a huge <laughs> old Miss fan. I was just really good at math, and it was cheap. Uh, so that that that's where that all lays in. But I like this game. It's an interesting Egg Bowl this year in the sense of I'm really close to both these programs. I know a lot that's going on there, and. This is one of those where these two teams really dislike each other. They they hate each other. But this year is unique in the sense that kind of neither one of the teams want to win this game because both schools are not happy with their head coach, and they know the winner of this game, that head coach, is not getting fired. The loser might get fired, and they kind of don't want their opposing team to fire their coach. With that being said, I'm friends with people who are actually in the locker rooms at Mississippi State as managers and, 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 and athletic trainers. I know those people personally, and they have talked all year about how Mississippi State is complete shambles right now. They fight every week amongst themselves really? openly in the locker room. Really? There is discord like there's never been. The reason State has looked so bad this year is Moorhead has – not lost control. He never had control from the second he stepped on that uh, in that locker room as the head coach. Um, I, I've made it abundantly clear on our show what what he did with uh, with Fitzgerald last year is is almost criminal. And you took a you took a quarterback in the SEC that was probably the third best quarterback in the SEC last year, and and Dan Mullen's system, 
and then you took him in your system, tried to make him do things that he was not capable of doing, and then just destroyed his reputation in college football and made it look as if he was completely inept and, and, and could not play. Um, and, and what he did at Mississippi State his three years before Moorhead got there was unbelievable. In his last year to be able to go out the way he did, people at State are not happy. Moorhead is not a liked person there. Interesting. Their own players don't enjoy him. I get Ole Miss. I get plus two and a half. I actually think that Ole Miss is going to win this game. Um, and uh, while Ole Miss is in love with Matt Luke, they 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 would take Matt Luke and they will actually fight for him. Moorhead, nobody's fighting for him at all. Interesting, though, that it's at Starkville. It is a rivalry game. We'll see, but you'll go with Ole Miss. And that that line opened as Ole Miss as a favorite. You and I were talking just before we began the conversation officially. And now Mississippi State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite as we get on get on to Thanksgiving. Very interesting that Vegas couldn't settle on what the number should be, and the betting public kind of went the way of uh, of Mississippi State popping the line back up. So let's see in the Egg Bowl. That is Thanksgiving night. What else do you like for college football for this weekend, sir? So Friday night, I love the Apple Cup. It's one of my favorite games of the year. Um, a lot of that is biased in the sense that I kind of worship at the feet of Mike Leach. I think he's not only one of the most entertaining head coaches in all of college football, but I, I believe him to be a genius um, what he does with the level of talent that he has when he was at Texas Tech and then now at Washington State is unbelievable. There's no other coach doing more with less than he, in, in the country. It's, there's just not. Um, this is not a great Washington football team. They're a, they're a five-loss team this year, right? And, and they are not as dominant as they've been in the past. I think Mike Leach and them, they're obviously a five-loss team, but they, they never have really the talent. I think they've been beat up by Washington in this game the last couple of years, and and I think they're going to do a little butt kicking on their own this year. I think they got a chance to win it outright, but I get seven point head start before the game starts. I get a great head coach that likes to play with the chip on his shoulder, and uh, and and yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to take Wazoo and uh, and and Mike Leach. And my seven points. Well, and Washington uh, has won in the rivalry matchup with Washington State the last couple of years uh, in this matchup. So maybe this is a revenge situation. Hey, uh, quickly, because you're in the Mid-South, you're in the Memphis market, you mentioned going to Ole Miss. There's a lot of talk about the Arkansas job. Uh, and, and I, I mean, who knows what these these dominoes are going to fall because the Florida State job is open, the Arkansas job is open. There may be a couple other ones that come open. Is Mike Leach somebody that maybe gets a shot in Fayetteville, Arkansas? I don't know that he gets a shot in Tallahassee, Florida, at Florida State. But could Leach still get in the mix, especially if he wins this game? Could Leach, the mad scientist, get a look in the SEC West with Arkansas? Gauge that for me. No, I would love that. I've made it abundantly clear to anybody in the SEC, uh, it, it not named Alabama. If if you hire Mike Leach, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm 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 buying all your gear. I'm going to your games, and and I'm and I'm following your program, and and I'm a fan. Uh, I would love to see him get there. I think Mike Leach won't go to a school unless he's able to have control. He does not care about being able to get the best players in the country. He needs players that fit his system. Um, and, and that will follow his lead. And uh, that, that's more important than how many stars that you have on, on the back of your name when, uh, when, you're, when you're being evaluated in high school. 
And Arkansas is one of those schools where the boosters seem to run everything. Mm. And I don't think he's ever going to, when, when he had the situation that he had at Texas tech, he will, he will never ever coach for a school where the boosters have control of everything. Interesting. All right. Good take. That, that, that's, that's the one thing I did. I, well, I and there's, and look, he's got an aloof personality. It's never going to be a high, high profile situation because of the media and that kind of thing and the back and forth. I mean, when, when Texas Tech really rose to their prominence, Chris, and you know this, and for the audience, uh, the media turned up the spotlight, national TV, national media, and he didn't do so well with any of that. So he's a guy that, that kind of thrives with with being kind of behind the scenes and sneak up on you. They, you know, they've had a couple of sneak up on you years in the Pac-12 as Washington State. So uh, let's see if he does get in the mix for one of these other jobs or whether or not he hangs in there at Wazoo. Chris Giannini with me, Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Gary Seegers, great job. Find their podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. They also simulcast their shows, plural, NFL, college, previews, gambling picks, recaps. They simulcast them on YouTube. Go under Winning Cures Everything on YouTube. You will see these male models, Chris Giannini and Gary Seegers as well. <laughs> on the simulcast is hearing them on the winning cures and they're always gracious to have me on so let's turn to the national football league we come down the home stretch of the final five weeks of the season Uh, before we get into an underdog i I really most everybody thought it was going to be a great weekend of games with packers against 49ers cowboys and patriots monday night ravens and rams Neither, none of those three games was really any good. Yes, the Patriot Cowboy game was close, but it was not well played. It was in the rain. The the 49ers game, Chris, you know this blowout against the Packers, wiped them out. And then, good Lord, what the Ravens did to the Rams on Monday Night Football with Lamar Jackson. So, what do we know? We look at these games on paper and think they're going to be good. And then it turns out that we have those three situations there. Just a, a quick thought coming off the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the rich got richer and the divide between the top three teams in the country in the NFL and everybody else has gotten bigger. Um, I, I think there's a clear – if I did a power rankings myself this week. I, I think the power ranking is 1-2 um, 49ers Ravens right now. I think there's a little bit of a gap between those two teams and the Patriots currently because of how inept the Pats look on offense. But um, I think the Pats are clear third. And then I, I think there's a sizable gap between the Patriots and the next best team. Um, you I, really I, I think there's the that big a gap between – I was going to say, you think there's that big a gap between them and the Saints with the way they yes, played without Breeze and the way they play defensively? Well, the problem is, is they're not going to play another game without Breeze. And, and Breeze has looked old. Breeze has, has not looked crisp and he's not looked great. And that's the issue. Do you think, think the thumb is? Up. You think the thumb is still bothering him more than he's maybe letting on? I mean, I, no. he seemed to throw the ball well when I saw him at field level against the Bucks, and he threw it well enough with a lot of big plays against the Panthers. So, no, it, it's not the thumb. It's it's forty years old. It's he doesn't have the drive on the football anymore. I mean, I, I've watched these games in a dome at home, and when he throws the ball, there's just a lot of air and, and it doesn't have any fire behind it. And, and I just think that's I mean, father time is undefeated. Tom Brady <laughs> is 42 right now. Right. And, and I think both of those teams are realizing we got to win with defense and we got to win with ball control on the ground. Um, and, and, and that, that doesn't mean they're bad, 
but I will take the Patriots' defense and their run game right now over the Saints, kind of marketably. And I think you take so, I think and, you and take I Lamar think, uh, over everybody, don't you? You take Lamar over everybody right about now because he begins every oh, game no like six for six or eight for eight. Uh, throwing it, and then he mixes in, being able to take off and run it 20, 30, 50 yards. And they are devastating right now with a win at Seattle, with a win over New England, with a win all the way out at L.A., over and over again. The uh, the Ra- I mean, we're not crowning them yet, but the Ravens are looking every bit the part of, uh, of a Super Bowl contender. They, they absolutely are. We talked about it on our show. We gave out the stat that in three games, the last three football games, Lamar Jackson hasn't punted. He hasn't punted in three games. He hasn't turned the ball over in three games. They have scored or missed the field goal in every drive that he's had for the last three games. They punted twice as a team. Both times were in garbage time when RG3 came in to run the offense. So that's a that's, that's a tre- that's tremendous. Yes, talk and, about and, and, and there's he, efficiency, right, Chris? And then there's that. Yes. That's bonkers. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's never been done in the history of football. Like We're seeing something we've never seen. We equate it to Michael Vick. Vick, Vick didn't do these things. He, he, he wasn't that dynamic and that good. Um, and then you've got the, that's the unstoppable force. You've got the immovable object in the front seven of the, of the 49ers. Yeah. And they, that is nasty. So I love my Patriots defense. I think they're, they're one of the best, if not the best defense in the country. 49ers is obviously the second or the best defense in the country. But I'm here to tell you, they don't play defense the same. The Patriots play from the back forward, and they got the best secondary in football, and it's not close. The 49ers have a front seven that scares everybody. Well, and this is an early game. Weather will be a factor. San Francisco coming cross country at uh, at 10-1. and one. Let's see. This is going to be quite a battle. You mentioned the Patriots are at Houston Minnesota at Seattle. Some fascinating games. I'm curious, what do you want to do? We got a three-game Thanksgiving Day buffet in the NFL, Chris Giannini. What do you like for an underdog? Well, my favorite dog of the week, I'm going to Thanksgiving Day, and I think everybody in the country just is not acknowledging the fact that the Buffalo Bills are really good at football this year. They're 8-3, and three, I think, right now. Um, eight and four, something like that. Anyway, they got eight wins. There's not a lot of teams in the NFL with eight wins currently. Um, and they just keep getting forgotten about. I also think this Cowboys team, Jerry Jones finally came out for the first time ever and, and kind of gave a little jab to, to, to Jason Garrett and let his fans know there's a really good chance we're making a change at the end of this year. (laughs) I think there's discourse in that locker room. I saw a point where teammates coming off the field in that Patriots game, and this is in the middle of the game, not at the end of the game, where everybody's already discouraged. And and they're not walking by Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's trying to encourage them and talk to them, and everybody's just ignoring him. And, and I think the players know if Jerry's moved on from him, we can move on from him. We don't have to listen to this guy. Do you and, believe, and so you're taking the Bills, do you believe if this goes bad, he will push the button with four games to go still trying to make the playoffs, or does Garrett survive the season no. if this goes bad and they lose to Buffalo Thursday? As much as I've, I've made a living making fun of the Cowboys and kind of enjoying their demise year in, year out, Jerry Jones is probably the best owner in all of football. He's got he's going to let him finish the season. If 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 you told me I could have any coaching job in the NFL, 
I, I would, outside of my fandom of wanting to work for Bob Kraft, I, I would want to work for Jerry Jones because I know I've got a job for a decade if I just be his yes man and his weapon boy. Interesting. Well, and he's, he's not going to fire me. Look, the, they so. did go to the playoffs a year ago as the division winner. They did win a playoff game. They are still in the playoff hunt right now. And if they put it together on Thanksgiving Day, they get 10 days off before they would play their final four games to maybe make the playoffs. So there is something to be said for the soap opera here that he could reverse things with a win Thursday and they could still make the playoffs here. And then maybe you that do something correct. after the season. We'll see. We'll see. They got too much talent to flounder around and miss the playoffs. We all agree on that, Chris Giannini, the Cowboys. Oh, no doubt. And then it doesn't help that they're in the worst division in football right now. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles are a spiraling mess. And then the other two teams yeah. are, are, are bumbling buffoons. I mean, they, they just have no clue what they're doing from an organizational standpoint. So, yeah. I mean, do, they just got to beat Philly and they're in. All right, but you like the Bills for Thanksgiving Day. I like the Bills. I like the six and a half. I think it's too many points. I think this is going to be a field goal game. I'm not saying Dallas can't win it, but it wouldn't shock me if Buffalo does win this thing. Nobody's giving them the respect that they deserve. They run the football. They play ball control. That defense is outstanding as well. They're not the level of the Patriots or the 49ers, but they are incredible. And Sean McDermott, the most underrated coach in all of the NFL. He is an outstanding football coach. He does more with less than anyone else in the NFL. He's got them rolling right now at 8-3. and three. They haven't been 8-3 and three since the early 90s with Jim Kelly, Marv Levy, Thurman Thomas, and that whole bunch. So let's see what the Bills can do before I get all choked up uh, about it in this matchup with the Dallas Cowboys. Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Uh, I love, again, getting the chance to talk with you and, and Gary Seegers. Uh, you're loading up early with two Thanksgiving dogs and a Friday night college football dog, so I'm interested in that. Tell the audience more on where they can find you guys with the podcast, with the YouTube show, etc. cetera. Give, uh, give the audience more on the plug because you've got great stuff out there as we head to Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you can find us at winningcureseverything.com. That's our website. Go there and get all the information you want. We're on Winning Cures Everything at YouTube. Uh, Winning Cures on Twitter. Follow us there. My Twitter is at Chris B. Giannini, and uh, we'd love to have you come join us, listen to us, uh, comment on the YouTube show. Uh, you know, we have a good time. We do a couple of live shows uh, every week, and uh, and we have a lot of fun with the people that jump in and uh, and kind of want to tell us what they think we got right, what they think we got wrong. Love it. And uh, we have a good time with those guys. We have a good time with the Winning Cures guys right here on Three Dog Thursday. He's got Ole Miss. He's got Washington State in college football on Friday. He's got the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving Day in Big D. Enjoy Turkey Day, the family, all the all the football this weekend. It's been really good now for college. We'll see what happens as everything unfolds this weekend. Chris Giannini, thank you for hopping on Three Dog Thursday, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate you, Jake. It has been a little while since I have talked to him on a podcast. We stay in touch all the time. But I need me. I have to have me. It's Thanksgiving Day coming and Thanksgiving weekend. I have to have me some famous Jay here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. My partner Jay Betzel is out in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it would not be Thanksgiving at AT&T Stadium unless the famous Jay makes an appearance to come and see and be around Cowboys and Bills and all that's happening. How you feeling? How are things? Are you ready to get enough to eat? All is well, and I will say this, that 
the stadium, uh, AT&T Stadium opened in 2009. I have hit every Thanksgiving game. <laughs> Boom. Like, you you uh, are correct. It would not be Thanksgiving at AT&T Stadium if I was If you were not there. It's ritualistic. <laughs> now, what the audience needs to know, back in the day, I would host all the time on Thanksgiving nationally on Fox Sports Radio. And that's one of the ways you started contacting me, uh, at, at listening to the show, saying, hey, I, you know, I want to I get a follow on Twitter. I want to come on the Thanksgiving show. So I started regularly putting you on as a guest on that national show, not just to tell me about the game, but the ambiance around AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It, it is such a tradition. Give the fans an idea that are hearing us on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. What is it like to be part of this, to be part of that scene and the food and the cowboy foot? and the cowboy cheerleaders and all of that well you know the thanksgiving it harkens back to the days of tex shram when he was the gm of the cowboys and my understanding is pretty much nobody wanted to play on thanksgiving and tex shram the marketing genius said it's going to be cold outside around the country most people are going to be indoors off work watching tv i'm going to put my team on and showcase the cowboys to the whole country and let everyone watch them play so it's been a tradition, and they always have that 3 o'clock window on Thanksgiving for my entire lifetime anyways. And, you know, I've gone to the game plenty of times when it was at Texas Stadium since I've been doing media stuff here in DFW. Like I said earlier, I've been to every game since they moved to the new stadium back in 2009, and it is packed. You might think, oh, people are staying home with their families. It's the opposite. They'll have 90,000 people at AT&T Stadium tomorrow. And the unfortunate part is, you know, a lot of it depends on the weather. It's a dome stadium with a retractable roof. So indoors it won't matter. But outdoors beforehand, it's supposed to be raining all day tomorrow. Ah. So that could kind of hurt some of the tailgating, some of that outdoor activity on the plaza. But I do have some of the facts. I know this is kind of a facts-based <laughs> analytics show. So here's what, you know, they're expecting 90,000 fans. Here's what they're expecting. Say there's 90,000 people sitting at this Thanksgiving table at Cowboy Stadium. Uh-huh. Turkey, 9,200 pounds will be served, prepared. <laughs> Ham, 3,200 pounds. Oh, my god. Broccoli, gosh. rice, cheese casserole, 4,500 pounds. Mac and cheese, which anybody who's ever been to Cowboy Stadium, especially if you've ever been to the media room, everyone loves the mac and cheese, 5,100 pounds. And last but not least... 420 gallons of gravy. Oh, my God. That's a lot of gravy. <laughs> now, what I was going to ask, because I don't know that I've ever asked you this part, because obviously if you're in a suite, they have that, or if you're uh, in the in the club area, press box like you were talking about. But for the general public, for the fans at the concession stand on Thanksgiving, yes, they have hot dogs and beer and pretzels and popcorn um, and chicken sandwiches and hamburgers, but will they have the turkey, the ham, the dressing, the sides, where you can go and get a plate at a concession stand? Have you seen that before? What do we know about how the fan You should ask. They have it at the Hall of Fame concession stands, mezzanine level, upper concourse, and upper concourse grab-and-go. So, <laughs> yes, you can you can snag them all over. There's very little that the Jones family does not think of when it comes to entertaining the fans at at and Stadium. I love that. All right, so he's got it in front of him. The famous Jay is hanging out with me here. I do reminisce. I did not see you and meet you that day, but Thanksgiving 06, Buccaneers-Cowboys at the old Texas Stadium. I was there for that Thanksgiving Day game as part of the Buccaneers radio uh, broadcast and that's when Tony Romo had just taken over that season as the quarterback for Drew Bledsoe Terrell Owens 
and the Cowboys uh, really wiped my Buccaneers. Buccaneers scored on the opening drive of the game, scored a touchdown to take the lead with Mike Allstott, famous Jay, and didn't score again. And the game ended like 31-7 to or 38-7, to or I don't even remember. I couldn't get to uh, the plane fast enough. But I do remember the old Texas Stadium eating Thanksgiving turkey on a paper plate with the sides with Dan Reeves, the former legendary Cowboy coach, the former coach in the NFL, uh, the former legendary Cowboy player, coach in the NFL with the Broncos and the Giants. He had been doing some broadcasting. I'm sitting there at the table with Dan Reeves having Thanksgiving meal in the Cowboys. It was not that bad uh, to reminisce with him about some great memories of playing on on Thanksgiving. But it is it is some scene uh, to be around uh, all of that. You have told me in the past, if if the weather permits, the tailgating is awesome outside the stadium, and you have you have gone around and perused that and done some feature reporting for local media, uh, perusing the tailgating. And not everybody has turkey, ham, and sides, right? Even on Thanksgiving Day for their tailgate. Right, yeah, and there's a lot of college football games here, too. You know, the Cotton Bowl's here. There's, like, that big kickoff classic in the summer. And the tailgating for the college games is out of this world great. The Cowboy games, it's really good, too. They've got a lot of people will bring in chefs, and, you know, they'll kind of kind of hoity-toity it up a little bit and have you know, the tables and chairs and everything. It's pretty funny. The last time I did Thanksgiving tailgating, it's been a couple years, and we had a lot of fried turkey was a big player. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, everybody, it's really funny. When you're doing media stuff, you come around with camera and videos and stuff, everybody wants you to try it. So, you know, you have to try it. <laughs> you know, and, it and it's pretty good. There's a lot of ribs. You know, I know. You told burgers, me before. Liquor, so. You told me before the ribs at some of these spots are legendary. They got the ribs going just like a normal tailgate, even if it is Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, definitely. They they do it up. They 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 have a a good little plan. You know, they've got obviously they got tents. A lot of them will have four or five TVs going. It's it's a it's a good time. They know what they're doing. Okay, uh, the famous Jay. He's at the famous Jay on Twitter, and he and I have done this in many forms and fashions with interviews. Uh, we'll get to a plug about our movies podcast here in a moment uh, about that. So I love talking with him. It's the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Let's bring it back to the Cowboys on the field at the time we're talking right now. You would think the Cowboys uh, have had like a, a two and ten start to the season, and all hope is lost. I'm looking at the standings right here in front of me. They are still in first place. If they win this game on Thanksgiving Day, they remain in first place. All the talk is Jerry Jones getting rid of Jason Garrett, right in and around that market leading into Thanksgiving. Am I crazy here that Dallas is still looking like a playoff team? And I mean, what's going on here, famous Jay, with the Cowboys heading into Thanksgiving? Well, you know, you were here this summer when the Buccaneers came and played the Cowboys in the preseason, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, the Ezekiel Elliott, I believe, was still holding out at the time. You know, right. there was a lot of talk about what the Cowboys were going to be this year and with their offensive line, and, you know, they'd signed to Marcus Lawrence. There was a lot of expectations. And if you look at them, yes, they are in first place by, I believe, the game over the Eagles. But their their wins are against like the Miami Dolphins and the Redskins and the New York Giants. They even lost to the Jets for crying out loud, you know. And, right. And now, granted, the Jets have been a little run now, but you know, and they've lost. The, the, a lot of their losses are to like Green Bay, Minnesota, the Patriots, the better teams they've played. They haven't. They don't have one good quality win all year, and. Granted, beggars can't be choosers, but yeah, a lot of the reason that the talk about the, uh, Jason Garrett possibly losing his job is because he's been here for a long time now. You know, he replaced Wade Phillips halfway through the season, and I believe it was eleven, maybe ten or eleven. It's been a while. I mean, he's been here basically a decade. We, right. you know, he's been here a decade coaching the team. There's been a lots of um, a lot of eight and eight, you know, nine and seven type seasons, 
And I think it's just kind of got to the point where they think the talent on the field is not translating to the wins. You know, and the amount of money they've spent, they brought in, you know, one of your favorite players, Michael Bennett, they brought him in a couple weeks ago to kind of shore up the defensive line a little bit. And, you know, the other day when, this past Sunday actually, we're, we're doing this around Thanksgiving, so the past Sunday when they played the Patriots, the Cowboys had a really good chance to win the game. And on special teams, they looked like they were lost when they were out there. And there's a couple of plays that, like the kick returner, Tony Pollard, was back on the goal line. And when they were the Patriots were kicking into the wind, and you know, almost he misplayed a couple of them. They, they botched a punt where they got two different penalties, essentially handed the Patriots 20 yards. <laughs> yes. They couldn't figure out what was going on there. I mean, it's just a it lot of it, like... especially when you're going against New England with their coaching. You know, they're, you know they're yeah. going to get out-coached anyways, but it was just pretty pretty much on display. And then after the game, uh, owner Jerry Jones had a few choice words about how disappointed he was in the coaching staff. Yeah, uh, it looked like you and me trying to play special teams out there, and that's yeah. not pretty if you and me yeah. were other. But the Awful. thing is, you mentioned owner Jerry Jones. He's also GM Jerry Jones. So the roster and the roster and the coaching staff are basically his decisions, too. We should always put that out there on, uh, yes, the coaching staff, has some say so on who's playing there but in terms of of the overall free agents drafts who we keep that's going through jerry jones so while all this happens it's all right part and of a him. lot of the talk down here is that stephen jones has kind of taken over a big role a larger role in that if you will and of course will mcclay doing player personnel and they've had a lot of success in the drafts lately and granted there's a one a couple of years ago they drafted taco charlton over tj watt which gets uh, yeah. down here kind of wonder what happened but they there. got but hey but they got the dak they got <laughs> yeah. dak in the middle round they were smart enough. But they to... didn't want him. They wanted Connor Cook, and still, they wanted Paxton Lynch. And they, they kept trying to trade up. They 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 lucked into him with a supplemental pick, basically. They, so they got him. They they went and traded for Amari Cooper midseason last year, and that looks like a great yeah. pick. So I mean, they've done right. some things well. They were in the playoffs. I said this earlier on the podcast before you came on, Jay. They were in the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game last year. I realize the expectation in Dallas is win the whole thing, or you're a fool and you're a failure. But it's not as if, as I said, they're two and fourteen, three and thirteen here with this. Uh, all right, so uh, th- this is the game where they could really help their season greatly, beat Buffalo, maintain the lead in the division. Do you agree with me that even if the Cowboys somehow lose Thursday, I don't see Jerry Jones firing Jason Garrett after the Thanksgiving game? You're in and around all the buzz around Dallas. If they were to lose, am I wrong? Would he delete him and put another guy in as the interim coach, whoever it is, for the final four games? I don't think he will be fired during the season. That's just right. my thoughts. I, I don't do a lot of stuff up at the Star anymore. I mean, I'm not up there a lot, so I'm not in and around the the chatter. But from everything I've heard, I don't think, you know, just seeing over the years, he's only fired one coach midseason ever. And that includes having Dave Campo in three, five, and 11 seasons, having Barry Switzer get caught at the airport with trying to board the plane with a gun. You know, like, these, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. You know, Chan Gailey was here. Like, the times he's made moves other than the Wade Phillips move to Jason Garrett was because, you know, it was after the season. And part of the reason that they made the move to Jason Garrett was because the coach in waiting essentially was there. Right now, there's not really anyone on the staff you, that they're saying you want to give it to. I mean, obviously, Chris Richard would probably be the top choice, but you know, Kellen Moore is his first year's coordinator. Right. Rod Marinelli is closer to retirement than he is to being the head coach again. And plus, you know, his head coaching stint with the Lions wasn't he 0 16? So That's correct. It's, you know, my my thoughts are either, if there are changes made, he won't be until the end of the season. Plus, his contract runs up too. You know, he didn't extend him, so he's a lame duck coach anyways. 
And a lot of talk down here has been that Jason Garrett's looked into and been you know, the uh, possibility of coaching the New York Giants. Yeah, how about to, you know, that? Pat Shermer be gone. Stay so, in we'll the, see, but yeah, my thoughts is he won't be gone during Stay the in the division. Famous Jay, Jay Betzel with me. He's the Famous Jay on Twitter. Love his insight. He's been in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth media for years. By the way, if you want to look at the Cowboy cheerleaders, great, great insight on all the cheerleaders and the dance teams, not only in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but really all over the place, go to ProDanceCheer.com. Jay's part of that website as well uh some really good stuff not just the photos but some insightful articles and those kind of things prodancecheer.com jay's part of that site lots of cowboy cheerleaders though as well uh on that site you're with me here for a few more moments all right let's joke about thanksgiving we love to be around watching uh football eating all the food be around the family but you and I are lovers of movies of the 80s and 90s, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles has got to be on at some point. Wednesday turns to Thursday, Thursday turns to Friday. you got to love Steve Martin and the late John Candy. And here's another plug. We do our We've Seen That podcast uh, where we go over these movies of the 80s and 90s. And we, we had as much fun, I think, with that one as just about any of them with John Candy and Steve Martin trying to get home Thanksgiving day and Thanksgiving weekend with planes, trains, and automobiles. So we plug away to the audience. I love reminiscing about that movie whenever I get you on. And here we are at Thanksgiving. Right. How can you not look back at that taxi cab ride, you know, in Wichita where they take the scenic route at two o'clock in the morning, you know, or, you know, when they're driving the wrong way on the highway and the people are telling them, you're going the wrong way. Like, how the hell do they know where we're going? You know, it's like, there's so many things. Or even when he's, um, when Steve Martin and Kevin Bacon at the very beginning are tra- basically racing for that cab to try and get to the airport. There's so many, many fun things about that movie that just, just bring a smile to your face. Uh, no doubt. Love that one. And we lost John Candy more than 25 years ago now. But it was it's a classic that lives forever. As Dell, the uh, shower curtain ring salesman, uh, lo- love him, love Steve Martin's Neil in that one. So uh, planes, trains and automobiles. We reviewed it. We talked about it at length. We've seen that is the name of that podcast. Wherever you find podcasts, go check out. We've seen that Let me on throw something out about yeah, movies real quick too. Yeah. While, while we're talking about movies, another one that we did was Rocky four and ESPN posted earlier on their Facebook that on this date in 1985 was the day that Rocky shocked the world and knocked out Drago in the 15th <laughs> round. Okay. Granted, the fight in the movie was on Christmas, but Rocky Four was released today. Because it was a Thanksgiving release. They always do that with the big yeah. movies. So you can go find Rocky Four in our We've Seen That catalog. The Christmas movies like Christmas Vacation. You and I believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie with Bruce oh. Willis. But Christmas Vacation was on in my house the other night, and I was trying to explain to the twins that those were not real houses uh, in a real neighborhood somewhere, because you and I discussed this on Christmas Vacation, that it's actually on like the back lot of like Warner Brothers or whatever, right? That they built the house, and that's all fake snow for the Griswolds and the neighbors and all of that from Hollywood. Right. It was like Todd and Margot's house was the house from Lethal Weapon or something like that. I, I can't right, remember off right. the top of my head. It was something like that. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously we're on a Three Dog Thursday, so we're talking about you know point spreads and yeah. underdogs and stuff like that. So when I came into work this morning, you know, the last night Stephen F. Austin beat Duke, <laughs> incredible in Duke, for, and it was like was they were twenty seven and a half point underdogs or whatever, and we were talking about it, and literally one of the guys that was here said, "Are you serious, Clark?" <laughs> quoted Cousin Eddie because he didn't know he hadn't watched TV. He last used night. a line <laughs> from Christmas Vacation. 
Are you serious, Clark? Uh, serious, on, Clark? Uh, yeah, Duke number one had not lost a game to a to an out of conference unranked opponent since I think Jay Betzel was in diapers. No, it wasn't that far ago, but it was like the year two thousand. It's nineteen like years ago straight non-conference game, something like that. Talk about an ultimate Turkey Day underdog. Stephen F. Austin from right there in the state of Texas goes into Duke and upsets number one Duke. (laughs) We love college basketball for that reason. We love Thanksgiving. We love the famous Jay. All right, so what time, just real quick before you leave here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, what time do you roll in pregame to get the meal and get everything going? Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there like while the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is on TV? You're going to be at AT AT&T Stadium watching all of this, then get a little brunch, then get a little halftime meal, go around, see the tailgates, watch the game. I mean, I'm concerned for your nourishment. How soon are you there for Thanksgiving? We'll probably get there around 11, and we're with the the Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue Dancers, which is just super-duper talented dance team that's there, and we, we kind of follow them around, do some video, do some interviews with them, and, you know, get get a little bit of uh, Thanksgiving Day grub. And then, you know, and the, when the game is on, we are down the stadium. If you haven't been there, there's two field-level clubs. There's one on the Cowboys right. side is the Miller Light Club, and you're essentially right behind the um, the benches. And the one on the visitor side is called the DraftKings Lounge. And so we're in there in the DraftKings Lounge, literally right behind the team. So there's this gigantic TV, in case you're unfamiliar with it, that basically I stand there in this field-level club and look up at the big TV and watch the game the whole time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Do you do you want a prediction from me? or? I think, honestly, I know one of our handicappers took the bills and said they may win outright. It would not surprise me if the Cowboys roll. What are you thinking against the bills on Thanksgiving? And for the audience that's hearing us after, Afterwards, this where we this is where we could be really smart or really stupid. <laughs> I think the Cowboys could roll in this game. What do you think? Here's my thoughts. I've got a lot of great memories of the Cowboys playing the Bills because <laughs> we have the Super right. Bowl wins from the '90s. Plus, there was the Monday Night game where Tony Romo beat Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the day when Monday Night Football traveled to Buffalo for the first time in a while. So, um, all that being said, I think the Cowboys really need to bounce back win and I don't think that if they lose on Thursday that it prohibits them making the playoffs because as long as Philadelphia keeps losing and they do have another meeting with Philadelphia in Philly later in the season that I don't think it's necessarily a must win but you know and Buffalo's coming the game eight and three I believe last I saw Dallas was a six and a half point favorite I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to say Dallas will cover uh, I think I think they will as well I think they roll uh, I think Elliott runs all over them uh, I think Dak will make enough plays, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen over the last month, but they look good if they can get to eight wins to win that division and be in the playoffs. So we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out what happens there. Let me plug away again. Find him at the Famous J on Twitter. Go to ProDanceCheer.com. He mentioned those Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue Dancers. We can include that. Uh, all the different cheerleaders from the Cowboys and different NFL teams and different stories and sites. Uh, info there on cheerleading. Pro Dance Cheer is that site. And then we want them to go find our movies podcast. Give the catalog a listen. We've seen that. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. We've seen that. Uh, again, for planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, you mentioned Rocky Four, Rocky against Drago. We did that one because it got released around Thanksgiving. Uh, same thing, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard. They can find it all, right? On We've seen that. Yeah, we had a blast little doing mention, those. It was recently announced that there's going to be a Beverly Hills Cop 4 
with Eddie Murphy on Netflix, and we did Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yes. So if you want to go back and revisit back when before Eddie Murphy made all the kids' movies, when he did The 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cops, we did Beverly Hills Cop 2. And they, they've got, we also did Coming to America. They've got another Coming to America that he's filming yes, as do. well, and they're bringing back Arsenio Hall and a lot of the actors, you know, just as a continuation, a 30-year-later continuation of Coming to America. Uh, so yeah, go back in the archive, find all of our movies, podcast, Jay and I have a blast on those, including planes, trains, and automobiles. All right. I think you have to get going shortly to get over to Dallas and start eating, get over to AT&T stadium from your place there in Fort Worth. Famous Jay. Thanks for hanging out on the three dog Thursday podcast. How much Turkey and ham was that again? Poundage for Texas, uh, for, for AT&T stadium. I think it was 9,000 pounds of turkey and 3,200 <laughs> 3, pounds of ham. Either way, it's going to be a fun day at at and It's going to be a feast. Famous Jay, thank you for hanging out on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. It was fun. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, indeed. Much more underdog conversation coming up. Uh, Brian Edwards to be here in a few moments. MajorWager.com, Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast to also be here Plenty of underdog conversation as part of Three Dog Thursday. And whether you're going to the games on Thursday or even if you're listening after Thursday for the Friday college football, uh, wherever you're going to the games. I mean, the NFL games are in Detroit and Dallas and Atlanta on Thursday. On Friday, my Memphis Tigers battling for the American Conference Championship. But maybe you're going to Washington, Washington State on Friday. Maybe the Saturday game at the Big House, Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama. That one at Auburn. Uh, Florida, Florida State in Gainesville. Oklahoma hosting Oklahoma State. Oregon and Oregon State. Any of these rivalry games or NFL games, Go check out your tickets through Vivid Seats. They're a great sponsor here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Vivid Seats, the Vivid Seats mobile app. Take you less than five minutes to sign up. And a great first-time user offer. If you have not used Vivid Seats before, you can save 10% with the promo code THURSDAY10. That's our special promo code off of Three Dog Thursday. THURSDAY10 takes 10% off your initial order up to $50. So if you're looking at those tickets... Uh, Again, the Patriots are in Houston for Sunday night. Maybe the Monday night football game, Vikings in Seattle to end the weekend. But uh, but everywhere throughout college football and the NFL, if you are looking for seats to the big game, Vivid Seats and the promo code THURSDAY10, THURSDAY10 takes 10% off your order up to $50. Again, 100% customer service, satisfaction guaranteed. Your order is secured. Great selection for all these different games. You cannot beat them. And we're giving you a great promo code incentive. It's Vivid Seats, the Vivid Seats mobile app, and our promo code THURSDAY10. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Gobble, gobble, turkey day edition of the underdogs. Hope everybody is ready to ingest a lot of food, but also ingest figuratively a lot of football. And we're trying to give you some insight, some analysis, and some underdog selections. And he is back. He's primed. I don't know if he's prepping any Thanksgiving 
food or not, or if he's just in the consumption business, he is Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com doing a great job handicapping, and he is ready to go here with, uh, are these going to be like pecan pie, uh, pumpkin pie, apple pie, we're the underdogs here for dessert, good treats here, how you feeling? Uh, I'm going to call them cream corn and mashed potatoes and gravy. That's what you got to have on the plate, eh, to go along with the bird? I love it. There we go. we got to have uh, all this stuff. And I should make mention that Brian is rolling uh, right now, three for three a week ago with Illinois on the cover and a near shot at an upset last week uh, with Iowa. Arizona State, the outright win against Oregon, and then also the Jets, the outright win on the Raiders in that blowout. That is part of Mr. Edwards giving us not one, not two, but eight successful underdog picks, most of those in college football just in the month of November alone. I'm propping you up now. People ought to perk up right now and be listening on the radio here, uh, turning it up a little bit on their device, their handheld device, their iPad, etc., because you're looking good with the underdogs uh, so far. Uh, Just a quick comment. uh, Arizona State, with that win, did that croak the Pac-12, the Arizona State upset of Oregon, did that croak the Pac-12 for the college football playoff, or does does Utah still have an argument if they win here this weekend, win the Pac-12 title game, and have only the one loss? You know, it didn't help Utah, but, you know, I was going over the committee's criteria. Like, I actually Googled the literal, you know, uh, the verbiage, and I was reading it all, and it says clearly that, you know, uh, Winning a conference championship uh, is one of the big factors, and that's something Utah can do and Alabama can't. And with Oregon out, I mean, I think it's, you know, assuming, you know, LSU beats Georgia, and we shouldn't assume anything like that, but I, I, I like LSU to beat Georgia, and if that's and I don't see uh, the other two teams, uh, obviously Clemson, Although Virginia, I would love to get Virginia Tech at about plus twenty eight against Clemson, um, <laughs> ACS wise. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't see the other teams struggling, so I really think it's it's Utah, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and both of those teams. I guess you could say Baylor, Minnesota as well. But you know, they could add a conference championship. So I don't think Utah is out of it. And you look at um, their win; every one of their wins, except for one. Or so nine of the ten, uh, I wrote this. I believe it's about eighteen points or more. So I mean, wow. I know they haven't played the toughest schedule, but kind of like Alabama, they've you know blown everybody out. So um, I think Utah is still in the mix, but it didn't help them. Oregon lose. That is uh, one again. There's still variables coming this weekend and with the championship games. Uh, next week, we've already talked some on the podcast before you've come on about Ohio State sliding in to that one spot. So that, that's going to factor in actually to your one of your underdogs uh, here that you're taking uh, on this. But just as a general comment, uh, it, th- this committee will change things, Brian. They, they have in the past. They will slide teams in, and even without losing, they will slide them out at the very end of the season, I don't believe that Ohio State, LSU, or Clemson uh, is going to slide out. None, none of them are going to slide out if they're undefeated, obviously. I don't believe LSU slides out with a loss. I don't believe that Ohio State slides out with a loss. Do you agree with that? I think I think those three are probably in if they get to championship 
uh, Saturday, LSU and Ohio State, those two, if they are undefeated, I don't think they're sliding out with a loss. I think they're both in. I agree, and then it would just be Clemson and Georgia with them, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, if Georgia beats LSU, obviously they're in. So, um, yeah. Or Minnesota, Minnesota have any argument with a win over Wisconsin and then a win over Ohio State to maybe be there instead of Georgia? I know we're in the South. You're not buying that? You're not feeling that? Mm, Probably not. I Nah, I just don't think so. I mean, and look, but, you know, the committee has to make their decisions based on, you know, what their, you know, verbiage and their rules are, whereas, you know, like when I was just talking about Utah and Alabama a minute ago, I mean, would I make Alabama a favorite over Utah? Of course I would, and probably make them a double-digit favorite. But that's not the criteria for the committee, and so that's why I think Utah's got a shot there. There you go. All right, so let's get into the underdogs and what you think for this week, and let's begin with the game that is at the big house. I am very tempted with Michigan, and you, you beyond tempted, you are going uh, full bore here. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, to finally get a win in this series against the Buckeyes. Why do you like them and the nine points in this showdown with Ohio State? I just think they've played lights out since they fell down 21 to nothing in Happy Valley. Uh, they rallied. Uh, they ended up, if you got it at seven and a half, they ended up covering that game. They were deep in the red zone, down by seven. You know, they almost rallied and forced overtime. And since then, They've won four games in a row. They've won by margins of 31, 31, 34, and 25. And Shea Patterson has played the best football of his career during this four-game winning streak, a 12-1 to TDINT ratio. Now, I know Ohio State has been blasting everybody this year, but this is a big step up in competition. Now, I know Wisconsin obviously – beat Michigan but that was and beat them handily but that was at Camp Randall and Ohio State beat Wisconsin handily but that was at the shoe and Ohio State is going to the big house here I know I know they've you know look this rivalry has been all Ohio State for whatever it is 14 out of 15 or or whatever it is I'm not even sure but it is at Michigan this is the only the second time Harbaugh's been a home underdog uh the first time he covered uh, they lost by 11 and were catching like 12 to Ohio State, so that's that's not a whole lot. But I just like how Michigan's playing, and I'm not gonna call for the outright upset, but I like Michigan as long as they're getting more than a touchdown. I like the Wolverines' chances at home, and if the number drip, you know, because we're we're doing this, you know, Wednesday night and people be listening Thursday. If you get to Friday or Saturday and the lines up to nine and a half, buy that half point to the key number of 10. About that. Um, again, seven straight wins in the series for the Buckeyes. And uh, they are obviously uh, the team that the they're the standard in the Big Ten. Uh, OK, I'll ask you kind of the same thing uh, that I have asked others here over the last couple of weeks that clearly here uh, for Harbaugh, this could be a defining game, Brian Edwards, because if he's able to beat number one, even at home, if he's able to beat number one, they'll be talking about that a few years from now, that you you derailed their unbeaten season, you beat them at number one. Likewise, if you lose to them, and you lose to them convincingly, I think the calls and the cries will be even louder that the the guy not only can't beat Ohio State, but we've rarely beaten our rivals. He did beat Notre Dame this year. He did beat Michigan State this year. But he could help himself a lot with a great performance with the Wolverines' Jim Harbaugh. 
Absolutely. And I think if he gets this W, it'll give him more of a, 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 a hunger and a thirst to go get more W's on him. And I think he's more likely to stick around. Now, I, I, you know, you probably know more about it more than me, TJ. I, mean, I have no idea what the interest level is with NFL teams in him. I would guess that it's probably still, you know, I, I would guess he probably still have some interest. Um, but if he gets this W, the way they've finished, that momentum, I don't think he'll be leaving. If he loses, I think we got a lot of question marks, and we'll, you know, who knows? Well, and again, the NFL experience with the 49ers was really good at the beginning, and then it soured as things went on uh, in San Francisco, led him to Michigan. So we'll see how it goes there. All right, so that's one underdog. You like the Wolverines, as does the host here on Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards, where do you want to go for your second underdog? Let's go to Stillwater where Mike Gundy has been a home underdog six times since 2015, and he is 5-1 and one both straight up and against the spread in those six home dog spots, uh, covering five with outright wins and just had the one non-cover. At home this year, the Cowboys are 4-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread. On the flip side, Oklahoma is 1-3 against the spread in four road assignments. Uh, Mike Gundy's team has won four games in a row, they're 3-0-1 against the spread uh, during that stretch, uh, depending on what the line you got. Uh, you know, I know it was at six and a half part of the week, but uh, closed at seven, and, and they went at West Virginia last week. Obviously, they lost Spencer Sanders, but, you know, Drew Brown started a lot of football games out at Hawaii for two years. Uh, he had a couple of touchdown passes last week without an interception. And, look, they're, they're just going to try to, you know, Chuba, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, Mm, uh, they're, yep. they're just going to pound the ball with him and Oklahoma's defense is a lot better this year, but I still don't think, you know, it's not a, a still, it's still an elite defense and I love Gundy's play calling. Uh, the pokies have been double digit underdogs only once this year and they went into Ames and won 34 27 outright at Iowa state as 11 and a half point dog. Um, Oklahoma has failed to cover the number in four straight. They're mired in a one and six against the spread slump. They've won three in a row, but only by eight combined points. They've played three straight nail biters, and that was since you know uh, losing to K State. So I'm gonna go with Oak State plus the 13. Well, and we touched on uh, different scenarios involving different conferences. Obviously, for Oklahoma and Baylor, the next loss on the high wire act is death uh, for the college football playoff. Even if you win the conference championship here. So under your scenario, you're thinking that the that the Pokes can hang in, if not win, uh, with Oklahoma, who's lived so dangerously, Brian. I know you know this. They, they almost gave away the lead to TCU at home. They did virtually give away the lead to Iowa State before that. They were behind 28-3 to to Baylor. It may finally catch up with them in the Bedlam rivalry. And again, Gundy has pulled the upset before directly against Oklahoma in this game to cost the Sooners as well, right? One more time. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I mean, you know, I I forgot, I'm not on my page right now, but I mean, he was like a 20 or 21-point underdog three or four years ago and uh, went for two at the end of the game and did not get it, but nearly pulled right. the out upset. Or it looks like um, that might have been 14 when they were a 21-point dog and uh, – Wait, well, and they, had, and they had the other game in the last couple of years when they both were in the 50s in points scored, too. 
so I mean, there, there's been some interesting stuff in this rivalry, but I I hear what you're saying. You can't just rubber stamp here that Oklahoma is going to roll, especially when they've been letting the other team come back on them, as they did in, in both the TCU and uh, the Iowa State games at home. They let the comeback happen in both of those games. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking about last year. Yeah, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State 48 to 47 last year, but that's a 21 point favorite. And I'm pretty sure that was when Gundy went for two at the end. Which, when you're a 21 point dog on the road, why not? But um, yep, yeah, 48, so. 48, 47 last year, yep. and two years ago, 63 to 52 uh, with Baker Mayfield slinging all those touchdowns. We'll see what the Bedlam game will have in this one. Hey, a follow up question here. If Oklahoma gets to the final game uh, unbeaten, if Baylor gets to the championship game, the rematch unbeaten, what kind of case does the Big 12 winner have uh, with only one loss to win that championship game to be one of the four teams? Gauge it for me, Brian. You know, it just kind of depends on on every, you know, like if Oklahoma or Baylor were to blow – you know, one of the other out, you know, you got to think about Ohio, what Ohio State did in Wisconsin, whatever that was, like four years ago with Cardale, four or five years ago with Cardale, um, you know, they beat them 59 nothing. You know, you make a statement like that, that can, and if Alabama makes that kind of statement against Auburn, you know, or if Utah makes that kind of statement against Oregon, it just kind of depends. We, you know, we just got to let it play out. But I, I mean, I, I think most likely the Big 12 is going to be on the outside looking in, especially with Oklahoma collecting zero style points this last month. Good point on that. And uh, the three names that are going to cost Baylor, if it is going to come down to them missing out, uh, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, and Rice. That's their out-of-conference schedule. Matt Rule didn't play somebody better than that, and that may be used against them even if they're 12-1 and in Big 12 champions. They are not Alabama. They are not Ohio State, much less somebody like USC, the brand names, Penn State, Texas, Florida. They can get away with that with not having a good enough out-of-conference schedule. All right, so there's the college football. Again, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Love his insight. Where do you want to go for an NFL underdog here as part of Thanksgiving? We got three games on Thanksgiving Day, and then we got a bevy of games, including, and once again, a couple of great primetime games with the Patriots, Texans, and the Vikings and the Seahawks Sunday night. What do you like, Brian? Well, let's go to the Bills-Dallas, and let me forewarn you now that that uh, Detroit game is going to put you to sleep with a nap after lunch. <laughs> you got to make sure you put your bet in early because your nap might you might oversleep kickoff for <laughs> Dallas and Buffalo. Um, right now, most folks are at six and a half or seven for Dallas. I like Buffalo. Um, you look Buffalo on the road this year. Five road assignments. They're four and one straight up. Four zero oh and one against the spread. Um, they've been underdogs four times this year. And they are three zero and one against the spread with two outright victories. Uh, Josh Allen playing the best football of his career in the last seven games, twelve to two TDI and T ratio, and we know he can beat you with his, his legs. And I mean, he can run linebackers over sometimes. Um, the Bills are five and two uh, in those last seven games where Allen's had a twelve to two TDI and T ratio. And the Bills defense, one of the best in the league. They're third in the NFL in total defense, third in pass defense, and third in scoring defense. They only give up 15.7 points per game. And Dallas has lost five of its last eight. And during that stretch, Dak has thrown eight interceptions. 
I like Buffalo. Uh, if you're number six and a half, buy the half point to the key number of seven. And again, make sure you get this bet in before your uh, your nap post uh, Thanksgiving lunch. Well, and we talked earlier before you came on the podcast with my colleague Jay Betzel, the famous Jay, who's in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And there's so much circulating right now about Jason Garrett. So I will put the question to you. They made the playoffs a year ago. They won a playoff game. I know Jerry Jones is putting it out there as Super Bowl or else. That, that To me, that's not that realistic. But if on the flip side, if the Bills whack them, let's say beat them decisively by a couple of touchdowns, is Jason Garrett on the long weekend now and then the following week, is he in jeopardy of being fired after this game from what you've been hearing Jerry Jones say through the media the last few days after the Patriots lost? What do you think, Brian? Well, he does seem to like he's in a foul mood here the last few days, but I know he said so many times how he, he doesn't like to do it in season. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but he, even though he's been pissed this week, you know, he usually, I think it was as recently as a week ago, he said, I, I will not under any circumstances make the change. <laughs> so, but who knows? But you whenever know. you hear that, the first thing you think is, okay, they're firing him. Uh, And you're right, the only other time he's done it since he's owned the team during the season is when he fired Wade Phillips and installed Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, as the head coach. And they've enjoyed a lot of success relative to the regular season and getting into the playoffs some and winning a game uh, here and there. I I believe, I I hate to go against you, but I am, I I believe they could roll in this game. They will respond, and Buffalo and Allen might make some mistakes, and Ezekiel Elliott running well. Let's see if they do respond, or maybe they're off the off the rails completely here, and Garrett is on the verge of being bye bye. Uh, we will find out. We will find out on Thanksgiving Day. Hey, uh, we thought we had some great matchups, as I alluded to earlier here on Three Dog Thursday last week with. Uh, games like the uh, Packers against the 49ers or the Monday night game with the Ravens and the Rams. We didn't get a good game out of either one of those in the primetime. We're hoping Patriots, Texans, and then the Monday night game, Vikings, and the Seahawks that will end the weekend, that they will live up to some of the hype and give us a little better football to close out Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, and uh, I, I hope we get that because uh, it might not be with the Ravens, man. They are clicking on all cylinders, and they might just be – now, the Rams are struggling now. I shouldn't give them too much credit on that. But they're, they're, they're blasting everybody. Hell, they blasted the Patriots. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have some better games, but don't count on it when the Ravens are playing because they look in great dominant oh. form right now. You know, barring injuries or just uh, another one of Belichick's masterful game plans, um, they look Super Bowl bound to me, but you know, there's a lot of injuries and whatnot between now and then. Yeah, and the and the Ravens lost their center uh, from the other night uh, to an injury. So, but Lamar Jackson looks fantastic with kind of nondescript Ooh. weapons. I mean, who who do they have that's Pro Bowl big time receiver, and yet he's slinging it to all of them and running around? It it has been wild to watch him mature and develop. Uh, on warp speed right now in the NFL with the Ravens. We'll see if it continues. We do know that we want Brian Edwards' underdog success to continue. He's been rolling along three for three a week ago. 
He's going Michigan, he's going Oklahoma State, and he's going the Bills on Thanksgiving Day with the Cowboys. So you may be listening later in the weekend and know how good that Bills pick was or was not. I know Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast also had the Bills earlier, so you may already know on that one. My friend, enjoy Thanksgiving. Be safe on the travels. Uh, Let's see what happens with these games. Good luck with the underdogs. And by this time next week, we will have all the matchups for Championship Saturday set. We will uh, will know who has a loss, who still undefeated you know etc etc going to get really good with the college football after this weekend as well thank you brian edwards happy thanksgiving brother happy thanksgiving tj thanks so much for having me and uh look forward to talking to you next week my man We do roll along. Thanksgiving coming up. You may be listening later in the weekend. Hopefully you ingested and digested enough and the football really good. Uh, If you are listening on Saturday, for example, and some of the audience, we've gotten some feedback, does hear us on Saturday. If you missed us on Thursday or Friday, especially with the holiday, hopefully you survived Black Friday and the mayhem uh, and didn't get involved in in any altercations trying to rip away uh, the latest and the greatest uh, on that. So I hope all is good. Uh, for the listening audience on Three Dog Thursday. I am thankful as part of Thanksgiving for the guys with the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, they do a fantastic job from the left coast from where I am here in Florida. They're in Southern California. Sean Green with me for a turkey day comment or two, an underdog uh, or two or three. And you you are on location. You have traveled, as we're talking to you, away from Southern California to Vegas, I believe, for Turkey Day. So happy Thanksgiving week, and I know we're raring to go. Yep, happy Thanksgiving, enjoying it uh, Vegas style, hanging out with the in-laws in beautiful Las Vegas. So hopefully <laughs> so- I don't... I don't- Hopefully I don't sneak off to a sports book. I'll do my best. <laughs> I was going to say, if if Thanksgiving starts to get a little dull or go south, you got all kinds of entertainment <laughs> not far away at your disposal oh, to be able to take care of it. I can say that I've been there around Christmas time. I was there on the 4th of July in Vegas. I've never been there around Thanksgiving, though, so that's interesting. Uh, turkey under the lights of the Sunset Strip. Uh, or, or give or take there in in Las Vegas. Um, all right, so you have been uh, rolling along uh, throughout this season. Love the insight of Sean Green, who in the last couple of appearances on the show has given you mega underdogs like TCU last week getting 19 points. Uh, the roaring comeback against Oklahoma, a near win, uh, a near yeah, win, but it's a cover nonetheless. You gave us Tulsa a couple of weeks before that as an outright winner as a 17.5-point underdog. You also had Virginia Tech as a 17.5-point underdog that did well. Sean, I'm going to be disappointed if this underdog isn't at least like a 15- or 20-point underdog <laughs> here on Three Dog Thursday. So you've you've got it rolling. Hey, back to the TCU-Oklahoma game because we haven't dwelled a lot on it on the podcast, but obviously uh, that very nearly would have croaked, obviously, the Oklahoma chances at the college football playoff. They hang on, they win. Realistically, do the Sooners have a realistic shot to get in the mix here if they beat Oklahoma State, if they win the Big 12 title game, or are these losses, or these wins that could have easily been losses, are they hurting them in the style points department? What do you think, Sean? Yeah, uh, dinged a little bit for the style points for sure. And certainly it's going to come down to uh, what Utah does as well. I, I think the committee will have an interesting decision, but I think if Utah uh, wins out and has a nice win against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, even though Oregon did lose against Arizona State, kind of crushing my dream, 
my uh, bold preseason prediction of Oregon getting in the final four there. I think Utah may get the nod uh, if they both went out. So I, I, I think Oklahoma kind of behind the eight ball. Um, certainly there's a path they get in, but I, I, I think they're outside looking in by decent margin here. Well, and it could be that they both get left out, Pac-12 and Big 12 here, depending on what oh, happens. Yeah. We've been talking earlier in the podcast that if it's a one-loss Minnesota team that upsets an unbeaten Ohio State team, they may very well take both of them. Uh, I know everybody keeps yeah. theorizing Georgia doing that to LSU. One loss, Georgia beats unbeaten LSU. But you could have the same thing with Minnesota and and Ohio State. So uh, yeah. there may be or two. Michigan, too. I mean, right. Well, but Michigan, of- M- Michigan has the two losses that would hurt them. But if Michigan upends Ohio State, that hurts the Big Ten. Uh, somewhat yeah. that in that in that case, that's more than likely only one Big Ten team. Whoever wins the championship game, uh, if they get in, so we will see. There is still a lot to sort out, uh, starting with this weekend and then the championship uh, Saturday that is coming on December the seventh. Okay, so with that being said, uh, I know you've been you've been pegging one underdog a week. I'm looking over the lines and I see some some very large <laughs> underdogs. I'm wondering where Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast is headed and why. Well, uh, let's see. You know, there's a couple I could get at, but I'm going to go to the Apple Cup, Washington State. Give me Washington State, Wazoo. They're catching seven points. We uh, Sports Gambling Podcast was invited by uh, Coach Leach and the crew a couple weeks ago. Got to witness uh, the game against Stanford. They looked really good moving the ball. They're 2-0 and uh, past couple games since we've hung out with the uh, Wazoo, so maybe we brought a little bit of the SGP magic to the program. I mean, Anthony Gordon is just spreading the ball around, racking up passing yards left and right, smashing all sorts of, uh, you know, Pac-12 passing records. And I-, I think a lot of the pressure is off this Wazoo team in a good way because they're already – they got the six wins, a little disappointing season, but they got the six wins. Uh, they're, go- they're going bowling here for the fifth straight year. I think they kind of have nothing to lose against this Washington team. And seven points is a lot for a rivalry game, especially when Washington State has the kind of offense they do or they have. Uh, certainly, uh, they can be a liability on the defensive side of the ball, but um, I don't know if Washington has enough offense to really take advantage of Wazoo's weakness on defense. All that being said, this feels like a close game, so seven points is way too much. Well, and we've talked earlier in the podcast before you came on, our buddy Chris Giannini, the Winning Cures Everything podcast, he loved the Cougars and Leach just from their ability to score. He believes they're going to be able to hang in for that reason, even in a fourth quarter where they may be behind, kind of a backdoor cover type situation. And both of these teams have lost, what, five, four games each? So it's obvious that both are vulnerable and rivalry games, anything uh, can happen. So let's see. I'll ask you the same question that I was asking um, Chris when he took Washington State. Leach kind of flirted with Tennessee. He was formerly at Texas Tech. He's been at Wazoo now for a while. Could you see him getting in the mix as a candidate maybe at Arkansas or maybe even at Florida State? I don't know that Florida State would take him, but could he get in the mix at Arkansas if they were interested, or do you think he is content right now, hang at Wazoo, kind of in the smaller Pac-12 market and get it done? Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's uh, he's an interesting character, right? He's, he's a great football mind. Uh, you know, has a eclectic um, group of interests. I think Pullman is kind of a perfect fit for his personality. 
and he kind of has free reign with the media. They have fun with him. They seem to have a great relationship. I, I think, listen, every guy has his price. So if Florida State decides he's our man and really comes with a giant number, that's going to be tough for anyone to say no to. Uh, Arkansas, I, I don't. He doesn't strike me as an SEC coach. He just, I don't see him mixing it up in the SEC. But anything's possible. I think I wouldn't even rule out uh, the NFL as a possibility for Mike Leach down the road. We've seen what Cliff Kingsbury has done in Arizona. Uh, I mean, I thought Arizona was going to be a disaster. They've looked pretty competent, especially in that super tough NFC West. So if the air raid can continue to succeed on some level at the pro game, why not bring the uh, architect of it, Mike Leach, (laughs) there? So that could be a possibility as well. The mad scientist. Yes, there is no doubt. Uh, I, I don't know that it translates to the NFL. You're a little more ambitious than I am, but he could move He could move up maybe to an SEC job, something like Fayetteville, Arkansas right now, low expectation, not a media yeah. frenzy place, kind of like what Pullman is, Northwest Arkansas, not unlike Pullman, uh, where you're there and you're getting it done. Who knows? Who knows if he gets in the mix? We'll see what happens there uh, with the Apple Cup. Do you believe, I've not asked any of our other guests this, do you believe Alabama is fine without Tua or are they going to get clubbed by Auburn here without Tua Tagovailoa uh, in this Iron Bowl matchup with Auburn that would eliminate them, obviously, from the college football playoff talk? What do you think uh, about that? Are they going to be okay, or is Auburn going to take it to them? Yeah, I, I definitely have uh, Alabama there, Alabama laying the points. Uh, this is really where I think Saban can come in and, and really scheme up a good game plan for them. I mean, two is two is great, certainly, but... I think this Alabama team, so deep recruiting, they can they can win without Tua, insane amount of motivation, and the college football playoff just always ends up being a disaster. So I can really see Alabama dominating Auburn, and then Nick Saban at the press conference making a case <laughs> for why they should be in the college football playoff. It, it just seems like this happens every year, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again this year. So uh, they throw a monkey wrench. Well, let me. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but let me lay out the brief scenario here. Everybody believes that LSU is going to go on to beat Texas A&M easily at home and then win the SEC title game. So if they do on both of those things, then that's a second loss for Georgia. They're out. Let's say that uh, that uh, both uh, Clemson wins out and Ohio State wins out and puts a second loss on Minnesota as the opponent. There goes Minnesota. Let's say Oklahoma State, which could happen, upsets Oklahoma in the Bedlam game. I'm not saying it's likely, but it could happen. And then Oklahoma goes ahead and wins the rematch with Baylor. And now everybody in the Big 12's got two losses. And let's say that Oregon beats Utah on the neutral field. Might or might not happen. These are a lot of ifs, Sean. You know where I'm going. Alabama is now in as the only team that's credible with one loss sitting there if all those things happen. So they've got to take care of business and just sit and wait and watch and see what uh, what unfolds that's about i lost track that's about five things that have to happen not likely that they <laughs> but, will all happen but it could it could happen but yeah it's certainly not crazy i mean the college football playoff ranking committee themselves they have him just outside at number five they, the only one loss team they have above them right now is georgia who has to beat lsu so uh, the formula for them to get in i 
certainly the the formula you laid out could happen, and and I think they would certainly be in. But I, there's probably even a simpler way they get in, uh, and I think it starts with a dominating win over Auburn, which I, I really think they're gonna they're gonna roll against them. And you mentioned that uh, I know probably gonna switch over to pros here in a second, but that that uh, Texas A and A sorry Texas A and M game that could be a look ahead spot for LSU <laughs> right. looking ahead to the SEC championship. Uh, they're a pretty big dog, and uh, that's a lot of points to give up to a competent A and M team. Well, and they hung in with Georgia a week ago, but LSU can see the the finish line. I know LSU's defense had some problems even last week with Ole Miss, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see uh, on that one also there in the SEC. And and again, uh, the likelihood is you're going to probably have at least one or two one-loss champions out of the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and this is not the same situation for Alabama back two years ago, 2017, when everybody in the mix had a loss at that point entering championship Saturday, everybody had a loss except for uh, Wisconsin, who did lose to Ohio State that night. So it's different here. you got three unbeaten teams, and you may only have one spot for a one-loss team if the unbeaten stay unbeaten. So this is a different scenario this year for Alabama. More on that next week, depending on what happens. We'll watch how it all plays out. All right, to the NFL, uh, there are Thanksgiving Day games. There is a Sunday slate of very interesting games. Sean Green, I ask thee of the Sports Gambling Podcast, what do you like first, where, and why? Well, I'm going to head to uh, Heinz Field here and give me the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers catching two, two and a half uh, points against the Cleveland Browns. It's a great uh, revenge spot for the Cle- for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Tomlin is a solid coach right now. I think I'm pretty sure they're the sixth seed in the AFC, and the Cleveland it's kind of like gotten swept under the rug. Like, hey, we're kind of rallying, we're figuring it out, but they're figuring it out at home i think it's going to be a real different environment when this cleveland offense goes and plays in pittsburgh you watched baker mayfield uh, get some fantasy points got jarvis landry involved that was a landry revenge game last week against the dolphins but if you watch some of those balls he threw i think if minka fitzpatrick was back in that defensive backfield those might be interceptions uh this steelers team is gonna get up for this game this stadium is going to be rocking and i think it's really a tough road spot for this Cleveland team that has some holes, especially if you look at the rush defense, uh, Benny Snell could be a sneaky. If you're playing fantasy, you uh, might be near the end of your run here in your regular season fantasy football. I'd throw uh, Benny Snell there. I think he uh, is a good play this week. And to me, uh, Mason Rudolph was holding back this offense. I-, I loved what I saw out of Duck Hodges earlier in the season. I think I gave out Pittsburgh as a dog in San, er, in San Diego, in Los Angeles, yep. against the Chargers earlier. And uh, I, I think this Doug Hodges guy is a much better fit for their offense. And uh, I think they take care of business here at home, and especially the home dog. It is interesting for revenge. They are at home. It's interesting what Vegas thought just in looking at that line because when the line came out Sunday – Uh, everywhere the line was Cleveland a three-point underdog and it immediately bet uh, down to like a point and then when Mike Tomlin announced on Monday that Devlin Hodges is the starter now suddenly clearly goes three more points Cleveland is now favored in the game at Pittsburgh five-point line movement early in the week here on that 
on that game and on that matchup. So you will take the Steelers with revenge in that one. That one is uh, yeah. advantageous there, too. All right, second NFL underdog to round out your three dogs there, uh, Mr. Sean Green. Well, I'm going to go with the uh, Oakland Raiders, which is kind of dangerous because I've been off on these Raiders all season, but they're catching 10 points. Mm. And, uh, again, nice, uh, decent revenge spot here for the Raiders who got embarrassed uh, earlier in the season. Patrick can I Mahomes tell you, fourth. can I Can I tell you, speaking of embarrassed in that game with Mahomes, because I had them on Three Dog Thursday when they were up 10 nothing at home and Mahomes just barbecued them in the second quarter. But I had the Raiders' defense last week for fantasy. I picked them up because I had my defense on a bye, yeah. and they got destroyed. And you are believing in them now going to Kansas City with Kansas City off the bye week here? That is some belief in Gruden and his bunch. Well, yeah, so there's a couple things here that are working. Certainly Andy Reid coming off a bye is uh, is usually pretty strong. Against the spread, it's like 13-7, and seven, Andy Reid coming off a bye. But as of late, he hasn't been as strong. I think, you know, like three or four years ago, uh, it was like 13-3, and 13-2 even. So he's cooled off a little bit against the spread. But to me, this is more just a huge bounce-back spot for the Oakland Raiders. In the NFL, if you underperform the spread – by more than 21 points and you're catching double digits the next week that is a strong trend that is a bet on trend historically and matchup wise i think josh jacobs will be able to uh, run the ball against this kansas city defense i just don't think this kansas city defense is in a position where uh they can really blow teams out because of their defensive liability and uh i've just noticed this anecdotally that the, the bye week doesn't seem to help teams as much as it used to uh, in years past, or especially in the NFL. It seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe just the offenses are more timing-based and the, the time off, it gets them out of sync. You saw that with the Packers, who I was unfortunately on last week. Mm, they just uh, looked out of sorts. And I, I think a similar thing could happen here for the Chiefs, where they come out, they're not quite firing on all cylinders, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill still kind of working his way back with the hamstring and the Gruden and you know, Oakland has a lot of young talent. I think they'll get up for this game. It to me feels like a game that's going to be close that Kansas City will win, but that Oakland uh, will definitely hang around with the 10 points. We shall we shall see in that AFC West showdown. I didn't mean to cut you off though, too, because Mahomes was so no. good at the Oakland Coliseum. But he was erratic in that game in Mexico City two weeks ago before the bye. Well, we'll see if he's back to form or not. A hill as a question mark as we tape Three Dog Thursday off the hamstring. Can he come back two weeks later? Supposedly it was not a serious hamstring injury, although he never came back in the game. They were precautionary with that in the uh, in the Monday night game with the Chargers. We will find out what Oakland can do uh, with the Chiefs. And uh, and then, again, a Sunday night football, Patriots and Texans, Monday night, Minnesota and Seattle. So some great primetime games uh, here to, to wrap up Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, before I let you get all the plugs in for the podcast and what you and Ryan Kramer do, Give me an idea here on the Thanksgiving buffet. What do we got to have on the plate? We got to have turkey. What else we got to have uh, here for the sides? Oh, what yeah. kind of dessert? What do we got to have, Sean Green? Well, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Pretty simple, uh, you know, Irish guy. So my taste buds aren't really that wild. So I, I like to keep it at the staples: your turkey, your gravy, your mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, mac and cheese. To me, <laughs> kind of it's it's really boring. But to me, it's one of my. Um, 
one of my favorite things to eat of all time is just butter on bread. Nice crescent <laughs> rolls, there you homemade go. bread. Get a little, uh, get a little soft butter on that, and then soak up some gravy and some maybe some juices of all the other uh, appetizers you got going there, and just give a nice little uh, Thanksgiving roll. That's really what uh, wets my whistle as far as love uh, it. Well, that's, that's more drinking, but you know what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> that's the wheelhouse for me. All right, we got to have plenty of desserts, plenty of football, and again, you get it a little earlier uh, in Las Vegas with the with the day starting. Uh, you will be, you will be in the food coma like in the middle of the Cowboys game. Most of us <laughs> in the Eastern Time yep. Zone will be more awake in the Cowboys game, uh, and certainly by the <clears throat> Thursday night game with Saints and uh, and Falcons, we'll be in good shape. So. Uh, we will find out there on the triple header. All right, again, a sports gambling podcast. Tell the fans more about it because I know you've been cramming to get all of your stuff in before Thanksgiving, before the weekend with college football, et cetera. Tell them more about how and where they can hear the show. Yeah, of course. iTunes, Spotify, and uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We have our uh, Week 14 college football picks podcast up hitting, you know, Iron Bowl, a bunch of other uh, random games, rolling out the college football slate. And then we did a Thanksgiving NFL Megapod. Uh, we gave out a uh, lineup for uh, DraftKings for Thanksgiving Day. We gave out a DraftKings lineup for uh, Sunday. And then we did all the uh, NFL picks against the spread. So two hours of just NFL football. You can get that again, com, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Love it. He and Ryan Kramer do a great job, and I always love Sean. And again, Sean has been rocking with the college football underdogs. He loves Washington State in the Friday night Apple Cup game with Washington in the Pacific Northwest. Again, we got the Civil War, Oregon, Oregon State this weekend, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, but they, they it is it is a knockdown, dragout rivalry, that Washington, Washington State game. That is a Friday night game, so you may be hearing us on Saturday and already know how that goes. He loves the Steelers on Sunday and the Oakland Raiders as well on Sunday in Kansas City. Deshaun Green, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you for hanging out once more on Three Dog Thursday uh, with me. I always appreciate it. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Eat enough and be safe. Thank you, sir. Awesome, TJ. Happy Thanksgiving. And there we go. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks to all of our guests, Chris Giannini, all the way back at the beginning of the program with the Winning Cures Everything podcast, Jay Betzel, the famous Jay on Twitter, on scene in Dallas. Love my partner there uh, covering the Cowboys and the Bills for Thanksgiving. Again, you may be listening later in the weekend. You know how these Thanksgiving games uh, went or didn't go. Again, two of the handicappers love the Buffalo Bills, including Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com. He and Chris Giannini loving the Bills. You already know whether that was a good pick or not. I still think the Cowboys will roll in that game and win easily. Let's see if I'm right on that one. Thanks also in addition to uh, Chris and Jay and Brian, Sean Green, the Sports Gambling Podcast. Check them out as well. Gambling Podcast on Twitter, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All of those guys with all of their underdogs. Again, I agree on Michigan. I like the Wolverines in the big house to keep it close, if not upset Ohio State's unbeaten season and number one hopes for the college football playoff. Get ready for the mayhem of that one in Ann Arbor. It's going to definitely be bad weather, too, 
uh, for the matchup, and they did very well in the bad weather against Notre Dame. I will take Florida State to keep it close with Florida. Been been uh, hedging around this game, been talking about it this week. Too many points in the rivalry here with an extra week to prepare. Florida State, I think, will come out on fire, ready to go. Uh, Florida's offense is hit and miss. If they can't run the football, they have struggled to put a bunch of points up on the board. I think the Knolls hang around in the rivalry game here. I don't know that they win it, but I will take, what is that, the 18, 18 and a half points that I've been seeing over the last couple of days. And in the NFL, out of all the underdog games, have my Buccaneers found something. They're an underdog against Jacksonville, a game that actually opened up with the Jaguars uh, as a larger favorite, but now has been bet down to one. So a lot of the public liking Tampa Bay in this matchup with Jacksonville. The Jags have lost their last two games since putting Nick Foles back as the starting quarterback. My Bucks looked great in Atlanta last week. Can they get a fifth win here and make December very interesting down the stretch of the year? Buccaneers are going to have some say-so in the AFC South playoff race playing Houston and Indianapolis at home later in the month. Now to play Jacksonville, Jameis Winston with all those passing yards, but also the interceptions. Let's see. I'll take the Bucks on Sunday for the outright win and obviously the three-dog Thursday cover. That's the first time all year that I will have taken the Buccaneers uh, here in a three-dog Thursday situation. All right, there we go. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving and the holiday this weekend. A reminder, subscribe to this show, however you found it. Social media link, uh, whether you found us through 3dogthursday.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to the 3-Dog Thursday Morning Minute on Alexa. All week long, you get plenty of TJ, football, and underdogs for one minute each day on the Three Dog Thursday Morning Minute. So however you found this show, through Alexa, the website, social media, subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, subscribe. The podcast will come automatically to you whenever it's ready to go. Enjoy the holiday. Hopefully you're not going to be amongst the savages, the shopping savages on Black Friday. You survived that. Go Tigers, go. Memphis trying to clinch to host the American Conference Championship game next weekend. They've got to beat Cincinnati to do it, and then they're rematching Cincinnati again. It's like a warm-up game. Uh, Two games with the same teams potentially in the same site two weeks in a row. Go Tigers, go on that one. Enjoy the college football Saturday, all the great Sunday football, even the Monday night game with the Vikings and the Seahawks. We look forward to all of it, and we love talking underdogs with you. For all of my guests, Chris Giannini, Jay Betzel, Also, Brian Edwards and Sean Green. I am merely T.J. Reeves. Happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for being with me on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.